0: That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Commissioner Cooper, and tonight you can't help but feel a little patriotic in the capital of the United States of America, so whether you're a left-wing liberal or a white, I can't even say it, right-wing conservative, whatever, it doesn't matter because tonight we're all here to celebrate the Commanders. It's time for TSS Fantasy.
1: Yeah,
2: it worked for the rock and it's gonna work for me. And you just got floundering. That's what it is. This court is a
3: It is Commissioner Cooper. Welcome to Sophistication Station.
1: I'm here to save the fantasy roster.
0: And it's time for TSS Fantasy. Yeah, I think the gummies hit in right as I started that intro. Let's get it started tonight. Let's get the intros going. Welcome into the studio. To my left, Mr. Mallard, Mr. Sophistication himself. Welcome, Mr. Andrew LeDuc, to the studio.
3: You're about to call me an alien.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
3: Always a pleasure.
0: Well, I mean, with the news in Vegas, I mean, who knows, you know, who you might be, you know, I don't know. All right, let's also welcome in studio, Jordan, the judge, the truth is here. Thomas, welcome in.
4: Hey, man, uh, good to be here as always. And I'm just curious, did those gummies hit at the right time or the white time?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I'm great job, Jordan. Welcome into the studio, Justin. Jesus Herrera.
1: Hey, Laduke, did you come on here because you wanted to actually have a team to talk about? Oh, <laughs> here?
3: says the man who we were on our show. We literally talked Patriots the whole night the other night. So, oh, <laughs> Andrew's got to bring up
0: the pillow talk from the other night. Check that oh, yes. out.
3: All right, let's also
0: welcome into the studio Nick. You got flandered, macaronis. All right, being
2: center left myself.
0: Hello. Well, I'm super excited that, Nick, you decided to join us tonight, by the way. The technical difficulties are now gone. <laughs> it's maybe the I, I, Dallas I, I, are they? Was
1: gonna take a, a siesta. He's going to take a weekend off. <laughs> I don't think so. We'll,
0: I don't know if we'll ever see Nick wear a Dallas Sucks shirt again. All right, let's get it <laughs> yeah, started. Yes, you <laughs> will. <laughs> let's go to our <laughs> website. Go to tssfantasy.com. Check out all of our latest and greatest rankings that are up. I got to update mine, to be honest. Even though I was looking up today, I'm like, why is that guy so far down? So, again, we're going to adjust these as we go along here. So, keep the faith. We're with you. Also, go to our sponsors. Go to Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code TSS. We'll double that deposit up to $100. Jazz Sportsbook. We got all kind of promotions all the time. Use the promo code TSS there as well. And also, Pro-Am Belts. If you guys are looking for some great bling for your championship, get to pro-am belts today they are blingy blingy they are super cool and i'll be showing one off here once it gets to the house for my league because they're making one for me can't wait to show it off all right listen we gotta bid you guys that do because the doc's in the house and we got some experts waiting i'll see you guys in a little bit for our fantasy focus (laughs) the doctor is in we get political tonight while we try to figure out the name of this football team it's the
5: (laughs) commanders welcome in doc what's on the house call hey thank you very much we'll start the house call with antonio gibson so he was playing last season in december on a foot fracture and he underwent surgery in january and i couldn't find the actual fracture, but regardless, if he was playing on a fractured foot, even if it's minor, a lot of respect for playing on top of that. He also does have a history in the last couple seasons of a stress fracture in his shin and turf toe. So he's got a few lingering things there. But despite all that, he's been averaging 15 games a season. Still count on him missing one to two games over the next year. We're going to go 50 percent of the bench, but it's going to be a short time that he's sitting. Next, we got Terry McLaurin who hasn't missed a game in two seasons draft sharks gives him a five out of five for max durability. You guys all have him between wide receiver 20 to 23, but last year he finished at number 14. So I'm looking forward to hearing a little commentary there about why the disconnect, right? Looking forward to that later on in the show, McLaurin's going to get a 10% of the bench. And lastly, a lot of respect for Brian Robinson jr. So if you look at the stat line, he played only 12 games as a rookie. But if you recall, he missed the first five games of the season after getting shot, not in the knee, but through the knee in his right leg during that attempted robbery or carjacking or whatever it was last August, right? So he gets shot through the knee in August and then still comes on to play 12 games as a rookie. So ton of respect for Brian Robinson, uh, excuse me, averaged over nine points per game PPR last season. Again, rookie year after getting shot. A lot of respect. Don't know how productive he'll be but I think he'll be on the field. 10% of the bench, Brian Robinson Jr.
0: Absolutely love it. Well, we appreciate you closing out the NFC East next week. We visit the AFC South. We'll see you then, my friend. See you then. All righty. Well, we got our experts waiting and I got to hear what they got to say because in pre-show one of one of our experts said there was some promise so i want to hear about this promise george i'm gonna bring you in because i really want to hear about this let's bring our experts in our
6: next stop on our summer tour is the capital of the united states we get presidential for the washington commanders
0: All right, well, let's welcome into the studio Lake Lake Lewis Jr. is the, the Lake Lewis lateness to the show. Welcome into the studio, my friend. <laughs> hey, and I apologize,
6: my friends. I literally got caught in traffic going back from Richmond to D.C., so i'm in the
0: car now well we appreciate you joining us nonetheless we do appreciate you making the effort to be here just pulling your leg a little all right george i was calling you out in the beginning but let's welcome you into the studio george edwards welcome in my friend
7: hey thank you all for having me i've been looking forward to this episode a very long time i always like talking shop and uh with the group we got here tonight it's it's going to be a great time talking to some washington commanders
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, let's welcome in the man, the myth, the legend. Manny, welcome into the studio, my friend. You're it. the man, the myth, and the mute on um oh man. <laughs> Appreciate you
8: guys. Thank you guys for the invite. When I heard that Lake was gonna be in, be on here and George gonna be on here, I'm like, why am I on this show? But uh man, thank you so much for the invite, man. <laughs>
0: Now you're on this show because you guys are great experts on the commanders. And that's why we're here tonight. We're gonna celebrate the commanders a little bit tonight, if you will. So stick with us here. Let's talk about last season first. Last year, you guys finished eight, eight, and one. Impressive enough to finish out where it was in the conversation towards the end of the year. Unfortunately, finished fourth in NFC East. Um uh, offensively points per game you guys were 24th 18.9 points per game um, yards per game you guys were 20th 330.3 passing yards per game you guys were 21st so obviously a struggle there 204.2 per game um, on the running game though 126.1 made you 12th in the league so that was where your bread and butter was offensively defensively um, eighth in the league overall in points per game, so very good there. Twenty point two points per game. Yards against total, third again. Bread and butter run play, good defense. Yards against three hundred and four point six. Passing yards per game, you guys were fourth. Great secondary, and this is a great time to have a good secondary with this kind of league that we're in. One hundred ninety one point three points per game, or excuse me, yards per game and rush yards per game. You guys were eleventh. All right. So I'm going to go around the room. I'll go, Lake, let's go to you first, my friend. In three words or less, do me a favor, sum up what you thought of the commander's year last year and then expand on it for me. Inconsistent,
6: uh, poor coaching, and young talent. I think that this is a team that has a lot of young talent in place. as think we, I uh,
0: think we, think we lost you there for a second. Let's go back. We'll wait till he gets in a better uh, zone. There. Let's go to George. Give me three words or less and expand on it for me. Uh, real
7: wasted potential. I mean, it 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 all came down to that Cleveland game. You know, we needed to win that game, and then we'd still be we we would have been in a week eighteen showdown versus Dallas at home. uh, The you know playoff spot potentially on the line, and for some reason during the San Francisco game, Ron Rivera decided, uh, "I've seen enough of uh, now. I've seen enough of Heineke. Let's put in Carson Wentz." That didn't go well. Oh, let's put in Carson Wentz again. Why? Why? And then you saw Cleveland have one of their like best games of the season against Washington. Go figure, right? And then they finally put in Sam Howell. They gave the rookie an opportunity, uh, and that was fun. That was that was like that was the first time I've watched a Commanders game where I'm not like on the edge of my seat or I'm biting my nails because I'm wondering are they going to. When or how badly are they going to lose? Like, no, they were they were in command of that game, and it was very refreshing to see them throttle Dallas in Week 18. But the the fact is that they made the mess up at the quarterback position in a pivotal moment down the stretch. I mean, for for Commanders fans, the. The playoff success we've had and the appearances we've had this century, which still feels weird to say, has all been based off of like emotional momentum. Like the momentum, the the late season surges that get us into the playoffs. Maybe we don't get that success in the playoffs, but it's those surges at the end that the team rallies together uh, and makes it. And they shot themselves in the foot. You know, Uh, they pulled the plaques on themselves and they literally just cost themselves an opportunity in the playoffs. All right. A little analogy with Plaxico. I like how you put that in there. All right.
0: Well, Manny, how about you, my friend? What do you think? Three words or less and then expand on it for me.
8: Very slow start. Like George says, I mean, we we start out slow and then we rally. Anytime you're trying to rally, man, you run out of breath, man. You you're tired. Like (laughs) it's like in basketball when you go down 3-0 in the playoffs. And you're trying to come back. The Celtics try to do it. They just run out of gas. So you can't be running out of gas by what, you know going through all these slow starts. Defense is bad. Offense is bad. Coaching is bad. You don't know what you're trying to do. Are we going to develop the young guys? Are we going to play the older guys? Then things start to not work. Then you don't have the guts to bench the vets, right? Then it's it's like a cycle for this squad over and over and over every single year that we've made the playoffs since 1999. I think every time we rallied we rallied and it's, it's so it's so draining being a fan but that's just what we've had so yeah very slow start man and that just sums up the season it sums up the season
0: indeed all right well Lake, let's go to you i i apologize i know you were kind of we so we got the three words and then you, you started to go out there so just expand on okay. your thoughts there my friend
6: yeah and I apologize fellas you know I, this isn't me <laughs> but you're good. You know i i, I I I just said that, you know, they were, uh, you know, inconsistent, poorly coached and but they showed a lot of young talent. And I truly felt like this year with the young talent that they do have in place. And obviously we know about the quarterback position having to be pretty much on point for them to go where they are. They're capable of going. I do think that the coaching staff will coach them better. I think they know that they don't really have a recovery period anymore, this coaching staff. So they've got to they've put it together, and I think that they're looking forward to that. And I think if they can consistently be coached properly, I think this is a wild-card football team. I, I, I clearly, I think the Eagles are the cream of the crop in their division, but I think Washington literally has a chance to you know, legitimately compete with the Cowboys and Giants to be the second-best team in the division.
0: And listen, and not for nothing, the NFC in total is not all that tough. So, you know, not you're you're in good company, at least in a wild card. So I totally agree with you there. All right. Well, we talked about what was. Let's talk about what is. This this offseason, not a lot with additions, like you did get Jacoby Purset to kind of solidify that QB spot. Um, you got a couple of pieces on the line with Trent Scott, Andrew Wiley, um, both uh, tackles. Then you got Nick Gates at your center position. So you've solidified the line a little bit. Um, but that was pretty much it. Nothing like a huge splash type move um, from the from the Commanders. Subtraction wise, you know Heineke's gone, um, and you lost Bobby McCain, safety, and Wes Schwitzer. If I'm saying that right, your center. Uh-huh. Thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you saving me there. All right. And then the, and, and the draft, the first round, Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback, Mississippi state round two, Jatavius Martin, uh, uh defensive back from Illinois round three, Ricky Stromberg. Uh, he, he's center slash guard from Arkansas round four, Brandon Daniels. He's uh, O line also from Utah round five, KJ Henry defensive end Clemson round six, Chris Rodriguez running back from Kentucky And round seven, Andre Jones, defensive end Louisiana. All right, well, let's go around the room. Lake, I'll start with you. Give me a prediction and tell me about how you feel this team is built and ready to go into this year.
6: I think this football team is capable of winning 10 games. Uh, Obviously, it has to start at the quarterback position. Sam Howell will be a starter this year. But I think a lot of people need to remember that Sam Howell, when he was in college in North Carolina, he played for Mac Brown, and Mac Brown runs a pro set at North Carolina. So I think that there's not going to be just such a steep learning curve or the speed of the game. We saw that in the Dallas game last year where he was making quick reads and and, and pretty much made every throw possible that's needed. Uh, so, you know, I think that this team is capable of winning 10 games, but, again, it just comes down to coaching. Uh, there were several games last year that I think the coaching staff made gaffes in, uh, we all know. As far as offensive coordinator Scott Turner's gone, Eric B. comes in. And to answer your question, that was the big splash for the commanders this this offseason and the fact they're gonna have a new owners. So those were the two biggest, biggest things. Uh but if you if you look at an Eric B. offense, they're gonna spread the wealth. It's not gonna just be one person. It's gonna be whoever's hot that game, they're gonna feed him. He's not worried about numbers. So every person on this offense has a chance to explode on any given Sunday, and that's what you want. So if they can get the offensive production, their defense has proven that they're one of the top ten units in the league and they have a chance to be a top five unit this year with the acquisition of Forbes and Martin. So I really think this team's capable of winning ten games, and ten games wins you for sure a wild card opportunity.
0: Most definitely. All right, Manny, let's go to you this time. What do you say? Prediction? How do you feel this team is ready
8: for this, this season? Yeah, I also say 10 and 7. I think this team is capable of winning 10 games easily, and that's with an average quarterback. We didn't have an average quarterback last year. We had less, we had below average play from that quarterback position. And I think that if Sam Howell comes in, takes care of the ball, and just be average, you know, be a little bit of what Brock Purdy was to the San Francisco 49ers. Give that same level of play or or a notch under that, this team is going to win at least 10 games. Also, this defense gets a whole lot better. You have guys like Chase Young and Montez Sweat playing for that contract. These guys want to get paid. And what happens when you want to get paid? You go out and you perform, right? When you're hungry, you eat. So I think those guys are going to come out. Chase Young has a lot to prove. Montez Sweat has a lot to prove. They're hearing all the noise. We, I mean, it's happened every single year for the last two years. Jonathan Allen, is he really worth the money? Is he this? He goes out, balls out, gets paid, Pro Bowl. And then same thing with uh, De'Ron Payne. Same exact thing. Is he worth the money? Is he worth the hype? This, that. They go out and they ball out. I'm expecting a great year out of Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And then that back end gets better with Forbes and Martin. You know what I'm saying? This, I mean, this is the first time I can say this team has had depth at the corner position since the year they had. Deion Sanders, Daryl Green, and uh, who's the other one? Deion Sanders, Daryl Green, and Fred Smoot. So this defense is scary. Run the ball, take care of the ball, and easily 10 wins.
0: Mm, Ooh-wee. All right. Well, George, you had some optimism before we started the show. Are you that optimistic or even a little more?
7: So I'll I'll play devil's advocate, but by one game. I think they'll win. I think they'll be 9-8. and I still think they'll be in contention for a playoff spot at that point. You know, for me, and Manny, you brought it up earlier in the show, is that my concern is, regardless of coaching, regardless of who comes in, at the end of the day, it's the players on the field. And again, this is going to be an inexperienced situation for Sam Howell if he ends up being the starting quarterback going into week one. I'm anticipating another Washington slow start. You know, I, I do realize that they have the offensive pieces around them. I think the creativity, like to your point, of Eric Bieniemy's offense and the ability to make everybody involved in the offense will make it easier for Sam Howell as the season progresses. So maybe that slow start isn't as long-lasting as it has been in previous years. But, you know, obviously, you know, 21st in total passing yards, uh, that has to improve, you know, with the weapons we have in the receiving game. Speaking of a receiving option, Cole Turner, who's been getting a lot of press lately, really high on what he can do, converted wide receiver to a tight end uh, in that offense. Um, but the defense, you know, number, you know, top 12 in basically every single statistical category in total yards allowed. And again, Manny, you just brought up, you know, um... Forbes and Martin, I'm a huge Martin fan. I, I think this is going to be a huge opportunity, and I guess I'll get to that a little bit later. But, yeah, they they definitely have the defense to keep them in. I still think they'll be a somewhat of a slow start, but not as slow as you know Washington fans have been used to in seasons past, which is why I'm giving them the nine. But I would not be surprised if they get the ten uh, double-digit wins this year. All right, we got some optimism on this side for this commander
0: squad, ready to go in at least as a wild card. I like it. All right, well, listen, we did a lot of serious business. Let's have a little fun, gentlemen. It's time for the Fantasy Quiz Show. There seems to be no sign of intelligence.
8: It's the
5: Fantasy Quiz Show. Uh, Justin Jefferson. Justin (laughs) Jefferson.
0: It's going to be a long game. (laughs) That's right. It's not going to be a long game tonight because we got... Uh, we, I brought Andrew in. It's all right, Andrew. I didn't put
3: you back there.
0: <laughs> uh, listen, we got commander experts in the building tonight, and we're gonna play fantasy quiz show. It's basically set up as family feud. Um, so we're gonna have uh, we'll even these teams up. I, Andrew, I don't think he was ready, so I, I don't want to bring him in on that. Jordan's ready to go, he's our fantasy Jeopardy champion, so he can even this squad up a little bit and help things out. So we're going to go, let's go Lake and and Jordan on a team and Manny and George on the other. What we're going to do, basically, we'll go mano y mano. I'll ask you guys a question. Um, You guys can shout out the answer. If you get the highest answer, you'll grab it for your team. You guys can try to get all five questions. If you can't, you do have three strikes. If you get all three strikes, the other team gets a chance to steal, just like Family Feud. And it's best out of five. So let's get it started. We'll start off right off the jump. Let's go Lake and George on the first one. Top five answers on the board. And I always throw up a layup for the first one. And we're going all-time commander's history. I'm looking for your all-time past TD leaders. All right. Sonny Jurgensen. Sonny (laughs) Jurgensen. He is on right. the list. He is number two, 179. George, you get a chance to steal.
7: Uh, I'm going to go Joe Theismann. Joe Theismann. He's
0: number three on the list with 160. So Lake and Jordan, you guys have control the round. Jordan, we're going to go to you past TD leaders For the Commanders, you're missing number one, four, and five. Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins? Number one. Unfortunately, you don't like that. All right, how about you, Lake?
6: All righty, so I am going to go... Ah, this is a good one. This is a great question. Uh, I'm going to go Mark Rippin.
0: Mark Rippin? He is also on this list at number five with 101. You're missing number one and number four. Jordan, what say you? (laughs) Put you on the spot off the jump.
4: Jason Campbell. Jason
0: Campbell?
6: <laughs> what?
0: All right, Lake, let's see. you got one strike left. You're missing one and four. Can you name either one?
6: All right, I'm going to go out on a limb for one, and I'm going to go... Since he was slinging it, I'm gonna go Sammy Ball on the list.
0: Sammy Ball, Sammy Ball with a 187 TDs and okay. on Manny's and George's chances. You listen, you got one answer left, Jordan, and you've got all the strikes on the team so far. Can you step up and save it for the sweep?
4: I cannot. Um, Oh, I really cannot. RG three.
6: He had a good year at least, right? So, so I can't give him the answer because I know who it is. I mean, can you cough
0: real loud? I, I, I got. I'm sorry. (laughs) We got to play within the rules, leg. I my apologies. I'm sorry. I I set you up for failure. Hit him,
8: judge. (laughs) Stop it. Get some help. Manny
0: and George, you both, you can talk this one out. This is the chance to steal. You get one answer here, so you can talk it out. Give me a consensus answer, what you think number four is.
8: To be honest, man, we're going with George. Whatever George says, look, <laughs> I'm a young fan. I'm a man, young
7: fan. Man. Um, <sighs> You know what? Let, let's throw in every single you know Hall of Fame quarterback here for the Commanders in here. Let's put Doug Williams in there. Is Doug Williams on the list? That's
0: Doug good. Williams! That's what I would have picked. <laughs> <laughs> I only played for him for four years. Wow. Jordan, you lucky, you lucky little dog. As soon you. as I said right, it so wasn't so...
4: happening, I felt good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Number four on this list was Billy Kilmer, Kilmer. at 103 yeah. If you don't know, now you know. So let's go into, um, excuse me, round number two. We're going to have Jordan. We're going to have, I'm sorry, Jordan and Manny going to face each other. We're going to go top five answers on the board. Here is your question, Jordan. It's still kind of a layup. I think you can probably get in on this. We're looking still all-time, but I'm looking for all-time rush yard leaders.
3: Okay, Clinton Portis. Clinton Portis.
0: Clinton Portis on this list, 6,824. He is number two. Manny, can you guess who number one is?
8: Stephen Davis. Stephen no. Davis.
0: He is on this list, but not number one. He was number four on this list, 5,790. That means Jordan Lake got it again. Lake, it's up to you, my friend. What else you got? John Riggins. John Riggins. come on I mean listen I was I was really as, a, as a fan of America's team the Miami <laughs> Dolphins I always remember the clip of John Riggins <laughs> running over us believe me all right so um Jordan we're back to you you got number one John Riggins number two Clinton Portis and number four Stephen Davis you're missing number three and number four Alfred Morris Alfred Morris. I misspoke. You're missing at that time. You were missing three and five. Number five was Alfred Morris, 4,713. You guys might have a clean sweep, no strikes late. Can you guess number three? Number three on the list. I
6: am going to go. Oh my gosh. I just literally had it on top of my head. Uh, 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 don't, don't tell me. Um, oh my gosh. Oh, uh, uh, uh,
0: don't worry, we won't.
6: <laughs> I want it. I, I want it. It's um, uh, Larry Brown. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, downtown
0: Larry Brown. <laughs> 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 That is a clean sweep. Ooh, wee. Larry Brown, number three, 5,875. Wow. Great job, guys. All right. We're going into round number three. George and George and Manny, you got to step up. You're down 2 This This is it, though. But this is when the questions get a little harder. So let's see if we can get in here. Lake and George, top five answers on the board. I'm actually now going to switch it up on you. I'm looking at winning percentage, and I'm looking all-time. I want to know on all-time history, who who are the teams you have the best winning percentage against? Hmm. I think I know
7: that, actually. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go all-time winning against the Cleveland Browns. The
0: Cleveland Browns? Not on the list for this one, sir. Blake, you got a guess?
6: Atlanta Falcons.
0: The Falcons. This is, this is how we all this is how it always goes when this these question sucks George back <laughs> to you uh
7: let's go the Cardinals
0: the cardinals
6: <laughs> lake so it, it, I feel like I saw this last year. So I am going to go, I am going to go the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: The Cincinnati Bengals. No, sir, that was not the Aflac trivia question that oh, day. So man. let's, <laughs> let, all right. So now we're going to get into overtime rules here as we get to go. We're going to start get the partners involved. And then it's just going to be the first person who can just guess one of them will win this round. Manny, I'm going to go to you. You got to guess.
8: All right. Can you do me a favor? <laughs> I am going to leave on the phone and hop in with the computer. You can do that. I'll go ahead and answer this question. Sure. I'm in the studio already. already.
0: Nice. All right. <laughs> a nice switch up.
8: All right. Can you guys hear me? We're, we're good. All right. Awesome. What was the question again?
5: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) I'm looking for winning percentage in (laughs) all-time commander history. I'm looking for the teams you have the best winning percentage against.
8: Okay. Okay. We're still on. Okay. I would say the Detroit Lions. The Lions.
6: Yeah, that's a good one.
0: that's probably Manny you might have saved the day because your team is in however (laughs) Jordan does get a chance to answer if it's higher than the Lions who come in at number five 28 and 16 you guys are all time then they get the round Jordan can you name the team the Houston Texans
4: the Houston Texans
0: oh no and no all right well here is the list so just so everyone knows jaguars are number one you guys have the best winning percentage against them you're seven and one with an 875 875 winning percentage seahawks are number two 13 and six Mm. the jets are number three at eight and four And the Rams coming at number 4, 24, 12, and 1. If you don't know, now you know we're going into the next round and things get even more interesting. We're going to go Jordan, we're going to go Manning, and we're going to stay with those winning percentages, but we're going to go the opposite end. I want to know all-time history with top five answers on the board. Who are the teams you have the worst winning percentage against? Cricket, the Cowboys, the, de- the uh, America's team, <laughs> America. In see, C- incorrect. What do you say, Manny?
8: The Kansas City Chiefs, the Chiefs,
0: Manny said. This boy is on fire. Chiefs, number one. One in ten all time, you guys are. They own you. The Chiefs, I own you guys. All right. You guys got it. You and George. Let's see if you can stay alive. George, do you got the next one? Uh, The New England Patriots. The New England Patriots. Close, but no cigar. They're pretty close on this list. Manny, back to you.
8: (laughs) I would go with the Tennessee Titans. The Titans.
0: All right, George. No pressure. Two strikes. A lot of meat on the bone. Can you take a bite?
7: I am going to go... I'm going to go to the Green Bay Packers. The
0: Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> so, unfortunately, with all that meat left, Lake and Jordan can win this game if they can take a little nibble. You guys can talk it out. Let me know. Consensus answer. Teams, me, you have let me, the worst winning
6: percentage. Let me take it, Jordan.
0: <laughs> That's your squad, bro. Bring it home. All right. Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears. You idiot. Not able to take <laughs> it home with the Bears. All right. Here's the rest of the list. The Browns actually are number two. 12 35 and one, you guys are all time against the Browns. The Bills are number three, you're five and 10 against the Bills. The uh, number four are the Colts, you're 11 and 21 against the Colts. And number five, the 49ers, 11 19 and one all time against the Niners. All right, what's super funny is that tonight I put in a funny question for the round five and honestly we haven't got to round five on any of these shows i think but once so this is really cool that we got to this this is the first time i've brought this kind of question out so this will be fun to see where you're at we're gonna go lake we're gonna go george we're gonna go top five answers on the board now you guys have played in thanksgiving a lot right so i want to know we got top six answers on the board I want to know the six AFC opponents you've played on Thanksgiving. Wow.
6: AFC opponents.
0: And we're going to go in order. So if you guess the one from the farthest back, that's the number one. And we go in chronological order from there. That's how it's numbered.
7: Okay. Uh, That is a great question. Let's go... Miami Dolphins. America's team, the Miami Dolphins?
4: I knew it was there. The the twinkle was in your eye.
0: (laughs) (laughs) George, believe it or not, you take the round with that answer. They are numero uno on the list. That was 1973, and you guys won against... Americans team. All right, Manny, you're in this ball game. Tell me an AFC team you played on Thanksgiving. Buffalo Bills. <laughs> the Bills. Not circling those turkey legs for sure. All right, let's go to George.
7: Let's go. Mm, this is this is a tricky one, but I'm going to go with the Man, this is such, uh, uh Let's go. Let's go Kansas City. The Chiefs.
0: East are on this list as number 3. You played them back in 1996. You don't
8: know, now you know.
0: All right, Manny, back to you, my friend.
8: Oh man. All right. Let's think. Who's in the AFC, anyways? This <laughs> um, <laughs> is a crazy question. Um, give me the New York Jets. The Jets?
0: Trying to stick in that AFC East. All right, George, no
7: pressure here.
0: You got two strikes.
7: I'm going to go Denver Broncos. The Broncos.
0: The Broncos, actually, you played uh, twice on Thanksgiving, believe it or not. Uh, they, But they were number two on this list because you played them also back in 74, right after the Dolphins. All right, Manny, you're up. no pressure give me the jags the jaguars cocaine is a hell of a drug (laughs) okay so we're back to lake and and jordan you guys can steal and win it here or you lose it here you got number What's that? What, 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 what? Four, five, and six still on the list. All right.
4: You got this late, this one is all third. you?
6: Yeah, I am I think I, I'm gonna try to bring it home. Hopefully this one works this time. We were just talking about how, how porous their record is against them. And this is a long time team in the league that used to be an NFL member. And then they switched over. So, I'm going to say the Cleveland Browns.
0: The Browns? You idiot. Oh, uh, couldn't bring it home with that one, unfortunately. What a comeback. So, 73 Dolphins were number one. Broncos were number two. 96 Chiefs. You had the 0-2 Pats um, were uh, number four. The Steelers in 2016. And the Texans and 2020 that was actually the most recent one uh, believe it or not well if you don't know now you know all right gentlemen well we're gonna move on to our fantasy focus but before we do that i want to take this opportunity to a thank you guys so much it's been a lot of fun having you guys in i want you guys to take this opportunity to plug wherever you're from and how to follow you and all that kind of great stuff uh we'll start with george let's we'll start with you my friend where can we follow subscribe and get all your
7: great content So I'm uh, the founder of Fantasy in Frames, your fantasyinframes.com. We cover a multitude of areas of fantasy football from dynasty and redraft to individual defensive players to best ball to DFS, you name it. Uh, We've been going since 2017. You can find us on Twitter at Fantasy in Frames. You can find me at Jorge B. Edwards on Twitter. But I'd much rather you follow Fantasy in Frames and give us some support there. We really would appreciate it. And yeah, so we're working on a ton of content, a lot of dynasty content right now. A lot of uh, building up our YouTube following, YouTube presence there. And, of course, you can find us on across all the social media channels uh, that are out there. And uh, we really appreciate your support.
0: Awesome. Love it. All right. Before I almost forgot, I don't even know how I forgot this. I (laughs) I can't even believe it. The the judge didn't even say anything to me. I forgot to say congratulations to Manny and George. You are tonight's winners. And unfortunately, Lake, and, I mean, Jordan already knows. Unfortunately, for Sorry, Lake, we, Lake. Have, we have a tradition on this show. When we have a winner, <laughs> we have a loser.
8: Thank you.
3: So you're telling me there's a chance
0: game awesome game guys we appreciate you all right manny go ahead and plug where you're from and where can we follow subscribe get your great content sir
8: absolutely you guys can find me on talking commanders with manny podcast you guys can find me on my new dynasty podcast dynasty overload podcast and you guys can find me on youtube talking sports with manny that's where you get all my stuff nba nfl fantasy the whole nine it's a buffet table grab what you like and throw away the rest Awesome. Absolutely. Lake's big
0: time. We already know where we can find Lake, but go ahead and let us know where we can follow, subscribe, get all your great content, my friend.
6: Yeah. You can uh, check me out on social media, uh, uh, Twitter, Lake Lewis, on Instagram, Facebook, Lake Lewis Jr. You can check out my podcast, the After Practice Podcast, um, Team Insider, you know, for the commanders. And of course you can go to sportsjourney.com as well. So, uh, and before we go off, I'm going to definitely say what's up to my guy, Manny, on here. It's been a long time.
8: <laughs> Good to awesome. see you, late.
0: Gabriel Levi, by the way, commented. I don't know if that's somebody you know, but he wanted to make sure you weren't getting pulled over as you were doing the show tonight. So he, he was looking out. Oh, for I'm you.
6: on the passenger side. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Well, you guys are welcome to uh, stick around if you want. No big deal. We just wanted to give you the time to plug. But we're going to go to our quick commercial, and then we're going to go into our fantasy side of the show. So, like I said, if you guys want to stick around, cool. If you want to, if you want to dip, that's cool too. Like I said, we definitely appreciate you guys being in tonight. It was a lot of fun. We'll be right back. Fantasy
3: Sports Corp and Underdog
0: Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with Best Ball. What is Best Ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money, up to $100 using our exclusive promo code? Go online now and use the promo code TSS to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent. Good girl. Good old Gingerbread. All right, guys, let's get on to our fantasy focus. Well, you know, we start out with the QB position, but I don't know how much focus I can be cuz I don't know what to focus on and I don't really know what to really think cuz I'll be honest with you guys. I don't see much in Sam Howell. I mean, is he even going to be the starter? Is Jacoby Brissett going to going to take over at some point? I mean, he's he was when he came in, he was functional last year, but he was not over the moon you weren't terribly excited sam how's a guy you want to pick up um great receiving options which saves him a bit um uh, but unfortunately i like i said i don't i have sam how not even in like i have him 31st it's embarrassing where i have him actually that's why i said i gotta change that a little bit i was a little disrespectful so that's my bad but um but i just don't see a lot uh from sam all right let's go to our boys in the back first since they've been in the back justin we'll start with you my friend where do you see Sam Howe or just the QB position in general in Washington?
1: Uh, it's a mess. But uh, <laughs> I actually do like Sam Howe. I thought he was a good uh, quarterback out of North Carolina. I appreciated the fact that he went from season to season. Uh, he went from a masterful uh, class in, I believe it was 2020, to having absolutely garbage in 2021. And, you know, he did it through adjusting being able to throw a deep downfield to being able to throw all these check down passes to his running backs and his slot receiver, Josh Downs. So I respect that part of his game. I also respect that he mopped the floor with the Dallas Cowboys when they absolutely needed a win. Um, you know, say what you want about week 18. If you need that W you're going to go out there and work hard for it. And they needed to win that division. And he went out there and helped uh, the commanders demolish them. So respect for that. I have him at 24 because I can see him taking this job. A lot of people want to say Jacob Brissett. You know, Jacob Brissett is like that girl that hangs out with you all the time, but never you never want to lock it down. Like everybody kind of just gets their turn with her and everything. But it's not commitment material. I think you know Sam Howell. You've got to give him the chance to be commitment material, and he's going to get at least eight to ten games to prove if he's going to be the guy or not. And if not, well, then we're going to say uh, we're going to say goodbye to Riverboat Ron because he's going to be sailing off into the sunset. <clears throat>
0: It's funny, all the weird analogies we end up making on the show. It's pretty crazy. All right, uh, my apologies. That's why you keep me in the back for most of the show. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's animal. Um, all right, let's go. Let's go to Mr. Ballard. What do you say, sir? Uh, <clears throat> so I do still like Jacoby Brissett, um, and I'm not really – I've never been a big rookie quarterback uh, – like a young, I shouldn't say rookie, but younger quarterback guy uh, taking over. Um but I don't see, I agree with just. I don't see much of an option here to then to go and, and give the reins to Sam Howell here, so I think it does affect the the ceilings of some other guys we're going to talk about, um, but yeah, I, I think I have Sam Howell, I have to ch- check my rankings, I think I, I have him like in the, the back end uh, 20s though, I think we're on 28, 27 if I remember correctly. All righty, how about you, Nick? Uh,
2: I have Sam Howell at 31, uh, right where he's supposed to be, Uh <laughs> he's ahead of Baker Mayfield. So uh, I don't – I do not – honestly, I don't see –
1: high praise from Nick. That's high praise. Yeah, that's high praise.
2: I don't see anything better than what you already had with, with either of them, with either Jacoby Brissett or uh, Brock Pretty. I don't see them as an upgrade over over Heineke. Uh, this, this organization – has been a dumpster fire for the past thirty years. Uh and it's not gonna get any better any time soon. It's not gonna start with 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 uh Sam Howell.
3: Cover your ears, George. I apologize Listen. for Nick. <laughs> All
0: right. Which one which one do you guys want to get in first here after after that? George, you wanna go first or <laughs> uh
7: so <laughs> so for my quarterback rankings and Dynasty, I have him as twenty six. Um it, if we're using if we're using week eighteen as the baseline, let's say he doesn't get too much higher or too much lower than that. Okay, so he has a limited rushing floor, but a rushing floor nonetheless. And he can he's very accurate on the deep ball. You, you know, we mentioned it a couple segments ago. Uh, we have a creative play caller in Eric enemy now. You have the weapons, and Manny, I think you brought it up also. The whole Brock Purdy-ish situation. Let's look at the situation in San Francisco down the stretch last year. Brock Purdy didn't need to do you know, amazing things at the quarterback positions. He just needed to like dump off the ball to his playmakers and let his playmakers do all the work. So if they follow that same model in Washington, I think as a benefit that's going to help Sam Howell rise in fantasy rankings as the season goes on. Um, if you're expecting him to be a 400-yard passing three to four touchdown quarterback a game, I don't think that's a realistic expectation. But if you can get him to get the playmakers those balls, maybe those are the stats that he ends up tallying, right, because they're the ones who are getting the yards after the catch and they're the ones who are scoring the touchdowns. But that could be deceptive. But as far as, like, his on-field play, uh, I could see him as the 26 quarterback and potentially moving up because of that rushing floor. Again, if that's what what we saw week 18. So if that is the norm, then, yeah, I could see him definitely – 26 and maybe climbing up a little bit higher. Definitely viable in two quarterback leagues or super flex.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, as I mentioned earlier too, like I said, you have two great weapons. Um, so that puts a little bit of an advantage for him to make some kind of play and, um, you know, in fantasy and of course in football. What do you say, Manny?
8: Um, I'll say right right around 24. Somebody said between 20, 20 to 24. And I can agree with that because he's going to run the ball more than you guys think. There's going to be lots of play action. And when you look at Sam Howell, look at the rushing touchdown. He had one in that small sample size. He's going to get more. I mean, that's that's something that's very real in this offense. And I will say this. He might not get you the yards, but he's definitely going to get touchdowns this year. Do not be surprised if he flirts with 25 to 230 touchdowns this year, passing and rushing combined. You heard it here first. Oh, I like it. Big
0: call early. All right, Jordan, what say you? So I actually agree with the Commanders fans
4: here. I am pretty uh, bullish on Sam Howell. I've got him at 25. I uh, coming out, uh, you know he he slipped in the draft that last year in college, but uh, the year before he was talked about as a first or second round type talent. Um, I think the commanders have just enough to keep him relevant. Um, I like him better than all of those. I feel like at the end of the uh, uh, quarterback rankings this year, there's a big glob of guys I'm just really not excited about. And he's right at the front of that line. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Myself on mute there, sorry, yeah, no, absolutely. So, I think we're all kind of in somewhat of agreement. Not somebody we're targeting, um, especially for a redraft, maybe a, a looking dynasty, um, possibly, but you know, again, all right, well, let's go on to the running back position. More of the meat and potatoes here of this defense or this offense, excuse me. Brian Robinson Jr., I mean, from week six onward, um, he averaged 9.4 fantasy points per game which was RB 34, obviously, you know, that's a little bit mis, uh, mis, a little bit of misconception because he was coming onto the field. I um, mean, we talked about his injury and had to work himself back in. Any injury, um, you know, ACL, whatever it may be, you're a little bit timid as you get onto the field. It's just natural. Um, so, again, a little bit deceptive to say that. Also, Antonio Gibson eating into that production as well just go right into him. We heard Ron Rivera say a lot of great things about him getting a lot of passes and a lot of good stuff about, you know, could be, could Antonio Gibson be that PPR flex guy we're looking for possibly, you know, again, but this offense to me, there's a lot of struggle with it. There's just not a lot. It's very vanilla to me and just not both these guys to me are just more flex options going forward into the season would just be my estimation. Nick, we'll go to you first on this one. What do you say?
2: Uh, yeah, I I agree with, with a lot of what you said about Brian Robinson Jr. I have him, him at 29 in in my standard rankings. Uh, right now, I have uh, Antonio Gibson, and I've been burnt by that mofo so many times. Uh, I have him at 43, and right now, that's, that's too high for me. So uh, I would consider him... Pretty much undraftable. He's just a frustrating point to even look at. So uh, pretty much Brian Robinson Jr. is your only option in that backfield.
0: You can tell when someone's burned by someone, can't you? (laughs) You can just feel the hurt in his voice. Oh, Antonio Gibson. No one should ever feel that hurt.
3: All right, Andrew, what say you? Uh, So what I actually like about both of these guys and Robinson Gibson is the value you can get them at right now because I think they're – Get Being able to get them both in like that uh, running back 30 to 35 range, that's good fantasy value to me. Um, if you, Because if Sam Howell is going to be successful and you're going to take that chance, I think that also means Antonio Gibson is going to be successful in the passing game. So um, I, I like being able to get both those guys as flyers or either one of those guys as flyers for their current value. So I'll take a chance on them if it falls that way. Nice. I like it. Uh,
0: Justin, what's say you, my friend?
1: I got Robinson at 21. So the reason I like Robinson is Najee Harris, Brian Robinson, Josh Jacobs, and Damian Harris. What do two qualities they have in common? Two things they have in common. They're durable, and they're from the University of Alabama. University of Alabama knows how to pick their running backs. They know what they're doing out there. And they're setting up for a pro scheme. They're setting up for a running back to take 200-plus carries. Um, every one of those guys misses one or two games from little Nick's, but never heavy injuries. Brian Robinson is the type of guy for this offense. This offense is going to be running the ball a lot. They're going to be trying to control the clock. They're going to be trying to win it with defense. They're going to let Sam Howe uncork it over the, feet, over the uh, deep when he needs to. But for the most part, they're going to be going down there. They're going to be pushing it with Brian Robinson. I really like what this guy is made of. And I think just like Andrew said, he is way too undervalued in drafts. People are really going with this whole, if you can't catch the ball or if you don't have a proven record of getting like 50 catches in a season, you're useless in fantasy. That is the stupidest, most bullshit (laughs) thing I've ever heard in my life. And that is why a lot of these guys end up losing a lot of their league um so guys go out there make it a point to go out and get these late running backs when these goops are passing on them for opportunities like some freaking third round running back that they think oh he's gonna hit he's gonna hit because he was a rookie and he's got no proven record in the league um and then antonio gibson oh man that's tough because i'm like nick he's burnt me so bad sometimes it's a um, wash i got my 45 and it's it's one of those things where I'm just kind of waiting for him to get traded at the deadline. Or something. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the bills to, to call about Antonio Gibson. I really am. Cause it's like, for me, I don't see him in this offense fitting as well as everybody else does. I mean, there's a reason they've kind of shifted and tried to find somebody else because, you know, he's a great pass catcher, but he doesn't really offer too much as far as creating yards after the catch. And we haven't seen too much in the form of fantasy
0: outside of his first year. All righty. Well, I'll say that three times fast. Manny, what say you?
8: (laughs) Man, I agree with Justin. I mean, he was spot on. He was spot on. Um, With Robinson, I have him like right around 30. Just because there could be a Kareem Hunt factor. Not only that, workload. It's going to be a frustrating backfield from a fantasy uh, standpoint, but as a fan, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy us running the ball, killing the clock with Antonio Gibson. We don't know what happens. I have him in the forties, but what I'm looking at is that young rookie, Chris Rodriguez do not sleep on him. He's more Brian Robinson than he is Antonio Gibson. So it's going to be a three headed monster, regardless of if all three backs, they, somebody's coming. Either way it goes, they're going to run three guys. They're going to play three guys. And I'm more intrigued with Brian Robinson this year because they're going to put the ball in his hands in the receiving game. A little dump off. I've been watching him in training camp. He is doing his thing. He's going to catch the ball and he's going to run. They're going to put him in space a little bit and it's going to be really interesting to see.
0: That is the key in fantasy. When you catch the ball, you better run. I love it. All right, let's go. Let's go to Jordan. What do you say, my friend?
7: Um. So, For Dynasty, I kind of have Gibson and Robinson kind of back-to-back. They're in my late 30s right now. Uh, I haven't gotten to my redraft rankings for the season yet. The the reason I'm kind of lower on Gibson is just because this is a contract year. We don't know what his long-term situation is going to be. We don't know where that relevance is going to be. I'm probably a little bit lower on Robinson than I should, and I probably should go back and and readjust uh, this weekend. One of the things that impressed me about Robinson last year is that, you know, a lot of people coming out, you know, coming out of college, they just assumed just because he's one of those Alabama backs who has a nose for going forward and getting those tough yards that this guy is not elusive. This guy was very elusive. He had like 32 tackles, four Smith tackles last year. So it's not like he can't, you know, put the move on you and get around. It's not, you know, it, he's not just a first and second down guy. I will say this about Antonio Gibson, though. I do think that you're going to see a lot more creativity with the enemy. And I guess that's not really saying too much because if you look at the time, let's talk about Curtis Samuel. I know we're talking about the running backs. Let me, let me use Curtis Samuel as an example, dynamic playmaker. Okay. Antonio Gibson theoretically should have been a dynamic playmaker. Uh, Scott Turner winning Carolina, his last year as being the offensive coordinator for Ron Rivera, the year before Rivera was let go. uh, Curtis Samuel subpar season. They get rid of the vanilla play calling of Scott Turner. All of a sudden, they're utilizing Curtis Samuel running the ball. They're utilizing Curtis Samuel uh on screens in the slot, just everywhere, super creative, super maximizing the talent they had for a player as dynamic as Curtis Samuel. I think Antonio Gibson is that same dynamic player. What is it we've been saying for years? Well, he was, you know, he's a converted wide receiver to a running back. They should use him in the passing game. And Scott Turner didn't. They just used him as a running back. They didn't use him nearly as well as they should have. Now you bring in, again, creative play caller, Eric Bieniemy, And let's let's think about this. Let's look at the Chiefs last year. Look at how they had their success down the stretch. They had a north and south running back in Isaiah Pacheco, and they had that running back that they could throw to the outside in Jarek McKinnon. What, what is, you know, aside from pedigree, you know, and, uh, you know, obviously team situation, that, that to me sounds exactly what the situation is here in Washington with Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. So I, I can see them both having a lot of success. Again, you know, we talked about this early on in the show, the slow starts that Washington has had in recent seasons, and uh, which is why I'm a little bit lower on Sam Howell, but I think he can catch up to that. Um, but as a result, they're going to have to rely on their bread and butter, which is running the ball. And I think both of these running backs would find success uh, I do like though the take of um, somebody making a trade for Gibson down the stretch just to get them over the hump. And the, that, that is, I would that's not. I would not be surprised if that was to happen. Well, especially if Kareem Hunt is in the mix down
0: there as well. So that could certainly play a factor also. Um, the judge, what say you, my friend?
4: Uh, So for me, I'm kind of, you know, going against the grain here as well. To me, there is nothing exciting about Brian Robinson. What he is is exactly what Ezekiel Elliott is right now. He's a guy you can give 20 touches a game. He can take the pounding. He's going to get you 3.7, 3.8 yards per game, get you a couple touchdowns. there's no upside there for me like his his ceiling is not a player that I want to start on my fantasy roster so I'm fading him where I can and I traditionally draft wide receivers higher so I'm I'm really picking guys in this area anyway and man I tell you someone I'm really excited about it's Antonio Gibson has he let people down in the past absolutely but it's because he was so hyped up in the past and everybody was was on board that train and he did let him down but now I feel like that pendulum has swung too far to the other side and much like Miles Sanders last year who everybody was dumping on and who had a pretty good season out of nowhere I think Antonio Gibson can very much fall into that mold as a post-hype sleeper and then the Eric enemy piece is absolutely key um his um Main receiving backs average 66 targets a year over the last three years. That's a ton of volume. That alone will make Antonio Gibson fantasy relevant.
0: I like it a lot, actually. Love that take. All right, let's go on to the receivers. I mean, listen, you got Terry McLaurin, who is Terry scary. We know the deal. He was had two tails of a season, unfortunately, though, last year. Str- struggled with Carson Wentz. Um, but did pretty decent under Taylor, Taylor Heineke. So, um, you know, we'll see how he is with um, – I can't remember name. I'm sorry. That's horrible. With Sam Howe, we'll see how the chemistry is, um, and we'll see how they go going forward. Jahan Dotson, um, I got a lot of hope for Jahan Dotson. He definitely shows a lot of promise. Um, You know, there's I could give you a lot of statistical stuff, but we're already over an hour, so I'm not going to belabor this much longer. Um, I have Terry uh, McLaurin at number twenty three. I got Jahan Dotson at thirty eight. But I like again, if the chemistry with Sam Howe, you guys talked about some of that stuff, if they start to. You know, These are two guys that definitely could rise up the roster. And I'm sorry, Curtis Samuel has just proven not to be a healthy person. I can't even look at him right now um, at all. And I should have had Doc talk about him because I can't believe I forgot to bring him up. All right, let's go to uh, Leduc on this one. What do you say?
3: Yeah, so once again, I like the value of where you can get Terry McLaurin right now, roughly in that wide receiver twenty-three to twenty-seven range. It seems uh, that's good value for one, a number one wide receiver, and two, a guy who I think is still athletic enough to to help Sam Howell um, settle into this offense and find some openings in the field. So uh, I will take Terry McLaurin at his current value. Uh, I am a bit. A, Jahan Dotson fan as well I liked him last year uh, but I need to see more out of him and I'm not sure his game style is gonna line up exactly with Sam Howell so I'll be curious to see how that plays comes into effect gotcha what do you guys say Nick
2: Uh, I like Terry McLaurin uh it's it sucks that he's on a crappy ass team with with a crappy quarterback uh he's got you know, close to 12, 1,200 yards. He had f- five touchdowns. I mean, he needs to be in a better system. He he really does. Um, Jahan Dotson is an absolute stud from Penn State. All right, so I love him. He's he's fantastic. The first the first game he had he had two touchdowns with with uh, Wentz, and then he got the injury bug, and that's just kind of the way his his season went. Had he been healthy. He he would have been a steal. I had drafted him last year in the late rounds, looking for him to to be a uh, sleeper. And then, like Jason said, uh, Curtis Samuel, dude can't can't draft him, can't can't trust him. So with that, respectfully, I have McLaurin at twenty one, and I have Dotson at thirty eight, and then I have Samuel at seventy two.
0: Just so Manny and George are aware. Nick obviously is one of those guys, even in fantasy is like that Homer guy. So he's always <laughs> doing Eagles and it's always an Eagles and Steelers team. That's what that's a Nick, Nick fantasy team. Just so you're right. aware. All right. right. Justin, What say you, I know you went out there. What do you got to say about the receivers? It's true. Yeah, you can't deny we're, it. we're
1: having some uh, bad storms over here. So <clears> I don't know how much longer I'll be on, but, um, so I got Jahan Dotson. At 38, but I'm going to bump him up to 34 because I can't be stuck at 38 with you clowns. <laughs> no, I I actually, when I was looking at my rankings just now, I was thinking, I was just like, man, he's better than him. He's better than him and he's better than him. Last year under shitty quarterbacking, he had still had seven touchdowns. Like this guy is surprisingly all over the field and in the red zone. He's 5'11 and he's a red zone target. I love it. Um, I think that's just more into his ability to leap for the ball and his overall gamemanship. The dude is just a straight hammer. Um, And then Terry McLaurin. I mean, let's talk about this. If Sam Howell is there, I like his chances of catching a lot of deep balls this year. I got him at 20, but with a lot of cases, I'm really just, it's hard to find guys that in the top 20 that are worse I feel like you once you get after about, like, 15, it's a lot of guys you're like, oh, this guy could be here. But what if he's here? You know what I mean? You're kind of, like, feeling like, uh, you know, who is, like, a sliver better than who? And so I got him at 20 right now. And it, I think it's reasonable, considering all the weapons they have there, that, you know, he oh, might God. have a a top 20 year. I think he'll easily have a top 24 year. And then with Curtis Samuel, I'm totally with you guys. I I won't touch it. If he gets, you know, some big plays and some big games, I will happily go on the waiver wire and put in a claim for him. But until then, that is where he will stay. He will not be on my roster this year.
0: Yeah, poor Mrs. Samuel, because that boy's groin never healed
7: up. George, what's saying, my friend? (laughs) Uh, So – for me, I, I, when I'm looking at the Washington wide receivers, I really want to look at value. Love Terry McLaurin, obviously got the jersey right there behind me. Uh, yeah, I think he, he is the bona fide captain of this team. I mean, he is exactly what you want a leader to be in a locker room. We're not talking locker room. We're not talking about captainship. We're talking about for fantasy. And so I think that reputation that he has, the fact that he's played with so many different quarterbacks, yet he's right there on the cusp of having superstar breakout opportunities. Um I think maybe overinflates his value. For me, I'm I'm waiting, and I don't want Jahan Dotson. You know, we talked about the situation with Sam Howell a little bit earlier. How all he really needs to do early on is get the ball out to his playmakers. When when I was researching some of Jahan Dotson's stats from last year, uh, he was really big and heavily targeted, mostly on those short to intermediate passes, on those zero to nineteen uh, yard passes or fifteen yard passes. And when he got it, the yards after the catch were just amazing. Like this guy can take a play, take the ball and just run it and is very elusive, breaks a lot of tackles. And, and that's all think about this. You know, you have an offensive line. Yes, they're they rebuilt in the offseason, but we you know, it takes time to, to gel. Obviously, nothing's going to happen overnight. So what what is an experienced quarterback want to do? They want to dump it off to their playmakers. And Jahan Dotson is going to be right in that wheelhouse for Sam Howell. Uh, so I, I, I rather just wait for Jahan Dotson. I, I'm a huge Jahan Dotson fan, not a Penn State fan, but a Jahan Dotson fan. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I love Jahan Dotson. If Sam Howell turns into a thing and Terry McLaurin goes off, I'll be happy. I probably won't be rostering as much because I do like to go wide receiver heavy also in my drafts. And so around the time in the ADP where McLaurin will be going, i will probably be looking to get some more get some running back help at that point in my drafts. Hopefully, nobody that I'm playing in a league against is watching right now, uh, but I hope they are watching because I want to support <laughs> the Um, Curtis Samuel, no, out. So yeah, just uh, for me, for me, my my targets are Dotson, McLaurin, and then that's it basically.
0: I feel you, Manny. What say you?
8: Yeah, uh, Terry McLaurin, I would say wide receiver twenty, Jahan Dotson, wide receiver thirty six. Um, But both guys are going to climb. Like I told you guys, if Sam Howell is going to have that touchdown upside, what does that mean? Somebody has to catch these touchdowns, right? So you could see a year where Terry has the most touchdowns he's ever had in the NFL. It could happen this year. You can see a uptick in targets. You can see an uptick in uh, receptions. Is this the year Terry gets 100 receptions? What does 100 receptions, 1,200 yards, and 10 touchdowns look like? So all those are very possible for Terry. And yes, you might look at this offense and say, oh, man, this offense is terrible. Sam Howell is in this, he's in that. Somebody has to catch the ball. And with Jahan Dotson being on that other side, Terry to the moon.
0: I like it. I got to say I like it. Jordan, what say you, my friend? So I, I
4: really I just resonated with so much of what Justin said in his his spiel on this one. Um, starting with Terry McLaurin, man, I'm looking at him and and I want to rank him so much higher because if you just ask me, you know, who are those dogs in the, in the game right now, wide receiver, who are the best eight to 10 guys and Terry's on my list almost every time. I, I think he's that good but man can we throw this guy a bone one of these years can we get him a stud quarterback who's ready to sling the rock If we can just do that one time for uh we are getting double digit drops you're absolutely right Gabe but uh he's getting you more fantasy points and that's what I'm all about so um anyway if we could just get Terry McLaurin a quarterback for Christmas one of these years that would be great um love the Dotson upside as a player he's going to have weeks where he randomly goes off and wins people games for having you know two and three touchdowns the scary part for me of Terry McLaurin's game I think going to Manny's point is I don't I don't see the touchdown upside there with him with a guy like Dotson on the other side, who's going to swallow all of those. So I think he's very much a vulture. And then, and every, every time I do one of these, I always have that player that I will never draft, but damn it. I'm going to start him at least one week. Curtis Samuels for the win this week.
0: (laughs) That is that guy. That's for sure. All right. We're going to, we're going to wrap this boy up with some baby. We're going to combine the tight end and defensive position. I'll be honest with you with the tight end position. I'm not, there's nothing for me to really even talk about. I, is Logan Thomas going to ever be that guy that we thought he was or is or maybe could be? I really don't know, but I'm not even looking his way. Defensively, however, this team finished <laughs> like if they were tied down there in that top 12 top 11 top 13 they're right on the cusp So matchup dependent they're definitely a starter defense but i don't think i'd be going to target them not that i'm targeting defense and drafts but not somebody i'd be excited to go up jump and get um if i were thinking of jumping to go get a defense all right so let's combine them up and get and uh and finish this up justin we'll start with you what do you say about the tight end and defense
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm completely with you on both. Uh, Logan Thomas, who? I mean, it's really been a who since, you know, what, two, three years ago when he had a good season. And we were expecting him to have great seasons afterwards. Um, I do like what they got with Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, I wish he was a little bit bigger. But, you know, that's what a a professional weight room will do for you and a a good cooking staff at – The commander's um, at the expense of Dan Snyder, of course, (laughs) because he's still there. Uh, I I don't know if you guys noticed, but this is the infamous picture behind me of the, um, the shit pipe breaking. <laughs> That's, That's the picture. And, and he this, this guy over here is just freaking. Uh, over here is just
0: freaking the fuck out. <laughs> I, I don't want no shit on me either.
1: I hear you. Well, I mean, he's a Commanders fan under Dan Snyder's regime. He's been getting shit on for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyways, I do like their defense. I like that they addressed the secondary. I think that was their one weak spot in the defense. Their offensive or their defensive line is freaking scary with pain. And hopefully Ford starts to, or not Ford, uh, Young gets back and Sweat stays in form um they always find good linebackers and then like i said they tighten up that secondary this is going to be a team that's really going to be opportunistic and is going to be in games they proved it last year they were always in games they just need to kind of get that offense in line with that defense and kind of just you know get going because there's there were a lot of games on that schedule where it was you know a couple possessions here go our way a turnover here goes our way and they're back in the game and they switch that record around. So that's one thing I'm looking forward to is I will draft at the very end. If I do draft a defense, it will be the Washington Commanders.
0: Yeah, and Ron Rivera's teams always have good defenses, so that's always a solid get no matter what. Um, you know, but doing these shows and you know, going and breaking down these teams, it's funny because I was just looking this team over and I'm like, I feel like in no disrespect, and by the way. Thank you for our for our guests for having to deal with all these jokes with these guys tonight. And this is no slot, This is not a slide or anything. But it's like, are, you guys are like the Giants light almost? I feel like like you guys are like the Giants team we covered. But I feel like you don't have like that that star quality that they have. I, I you know, and I'm no disrespect, but that's just kind of what I was getting the vibes I was getting as I was looking the team over. Nick, what say you on tight end? Uh-
2: uh, pretty much what everyone else says. Uh, tight tight end. There's nothing even to speak of. No one, no one bothered with us speaking of that. Uh, de- defense right now. They're right now a a middle of the pack defense. Uh, the reason why they didn't play as well at the end of the season last year was because of uh young be, being out. Uh, he is just a formidable force, and he's one of those types where when he's in the game, he can literally take a game over. And then and then they signed Payne pain to extension, which was a fantastic move. Um, and again, they were going to be a mid- middle of the pack defense. You're going to stream them depending on what team they're playing and on, on, on how well that they're, they're playing. But like, like everyone said, there's nothing fantastic about, about this team. They're just kind of there. So
0: ladies and gentlemen, the three or four people that are watching you can guarantee logan thomas gonna be a nasty tight end because all we're sitting here talking about is how he's nothing <laughs> guaranteed
3: he's gonna go off now andrew what do you say my friend i mean technically logan thomas isn't nothing he's right around the number 32 tight end which says enough for me there from a fantasy standpoint uh but look this so i do like this defense this is a defense that um i could see myself being happy starting the majority of the weeks in the season uh, and they, I think they even have the potential to be that kind of defense you carry in your team. Where if you have the space on their bye week or on just an off matchup week, you you find a way to keep them on your team and stream a different defense so you can continue playing them. So I think they have that type of potential. We'll we'll see how all the injuries shake out, but I like the defense. So I'm, I won't say that I'll be targeting them, but I'll be happy if that's where I land with them. With one,
8: Manny, what say you, my friend? I will say the defense is definitely draftable. You could see maybe more pick sixes this year. Uh, With Forbes, you could see maybe some special teams work. We're definitely trying to improve in that area. As far as tight ends, not touching any of them. Not Cole Turner, not Logan Thomas. They're all bums, so (laughs) I'm not messing
7: with the tight ends.
0: (laughs) All right, George, you have any other uh, higher expectations for the tight end?
7: Yeah, I guess I'll be the going against the grain person here. This is again, this is a what I'm about to say for a title? Very, very bold, very bold waiver wire shallow position. So far, good reports about Cole Turner. More so, again, Logan Thomas. Take that for what you will. Uh, in terms of a team defensive situation, uh, look, they, they play very well. Uh, for me, though, uh, and sorry to go a little bit off off the beaten path here. Uh, I I do a lot of IDP content. So when I'm looking at, you know, individual defensive players, there are actually quite a few on Washington that you can find a lot of value in, like a Cody Barton, like a Jamin Davis, like a Cameron Curl. Uh, but as far as like a rookie that can make an impact, Jatavis Martin just screams to me, uh, somebody, you know, you look over the past few seasons with Jack Del Rio in Washington, they've employed a three safety rotation versus using a traditional slot cornerback and uh, what they call a Buffalo nickel Position, where it's basically like a hybrid safety linebacker situation. So, whenever you get safeties creeping up or players creeping up closer to the line of scrimmage, you're um, you're more than likely to find more opportunities for tackles, and that is kind of what Jatavius Martin was playing when he was at Illinois, uh, playing that hybrid uh, linebacker safety role. So, he could be a sneaky value for IDP leagues, especially in Dynasty. But again, going back to team defense, um, you know, it's all about really shoring up the the rushing yards allowed. If they can, and I think they can do that. I think bringing in Cody Barton is going to be a huge help uh, with that. He he he's not great in coverage. He does one thing really well, which is helped stop the run, which is all they need to really shore up, in my opinion. And if Young can be anything remotely close to what he was his rookie year, that tandem fed off each other like nobody's business. So um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of upside, and you know, and the bar is already set kind of high, right, for what they did last year. All right, I love it. Jordan, close us
0: out. What do you say, my
7: friend?
4: All right, I'm going to spend no time on these tight ends. You guys have <laughs> talked enough on that. But listen, that defensive line of Sweat, Young, Payne, and Allen is no joke. That can be the, the realm of possibilities. One of them is that's the best defensive line in football. And then you add a ball-hawking monster in that secondary like Emmanuel Forbes. I Man, I, I think this commander's defense could be special if – they catch a couple of breaks and you made your point about the the new york giants and I don't look at the Giants as a better or more talented version. They are a lucky version of the Commanders who cannot catch a break. Look at poor Terry McLaurin, who's like 10 years in and still doesn't have a freaking quarterback, man. As a Cowboys fan, I really don't have anything against the Commanders. I love them way more than I love Flanders, damn Eagles for sure. And so if I could see this, because we beat your ass. If this team could catch a couple of breaks, I absolutely think they could be a playoff team, and I think it's on the back of that defense.
0: A hundred percent. I love it. All right, well, we got to thank our guests once again for joining us, George and Manny, and, of course, our boy Lake. Appreciate you guys so much for joining us. We'll have to bring you guys in later on the season. You guys bring a lot of great content. Make sure you go follow, subscribe, get all their great stuff. We are closing out the NFC East. Next week, Fred's favorite division, the (laughs) AFC South. I can't wait. Lots of fantasy talk for next week. We're super excited. We appreciate all of you for joining us, and we are out.